Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Airwave, a student-led anesthesia podcast for medical students. My name is Peru, and I'm here today with Grace. We hope you enjoyed our first episode of mini-series two on the preoperative evaluation. If you're new to Airwave, welcome. Thanks so much for joining in, and please check out our previous episodes. We're currently on the second episode of our second series, which focuses on an approach to general anesthesia. If you're new to the field of anesthesiology, we recommend watching the episode sequentially. But if you only want information on a certain topic, feel free to choose episodes as you wish. Today, our focus is going to be on setting up the operating room. I'm really excited to be back here for our second episode of this series. And just as a recap, in our last episode, we learned about the pre-op evaluation. And this week, we are going to go and continue building off that knowledge to see how to set up an OR for general anesthesia. This is often best learned by seeing it in real life. But we know with COVID, there's often limitations on medical students in hospital environments. So one tip we have when you are back on your anesthesia rotations is to ask questions. As a pre-clerk, a lot of the equipment in anesthesiology can seem complex and unfamiliar. We recommend if there's time throughout the case to ask your staff or resident for a quick walkthrough of the monitors, machines, and equipment. The two objectives we'll be covering in this episode are one, how to the basics of how to prepare an OR for general anesthesia, and two, the purpose and function of anesthesia equipment. So without further ado, here's this week's case. Using your amazing pre-op skills from episode one, you provide a detailed evaluation to your staff on your current patient. Recall the 38-year-old female in good physical health undergoing an elective laparoscopic tubal ligation. Your staff, so impressed with your presentation, discusses the anesthetic plan with you and then asks you to help him prepare the OR. You freeze, (laughs) get it, paralytics, and think to yourself, prepare the OR? But what does that even mean? I thought I'd get by with just my amazing pre-op skills. So before we dive in, let's discuss why we even care about OR setup. Why did we make this a whole episode? I mean, aren't we just finding a few supplies and pushing some buttons on a machine or something? Well, if you haven't already guessed, properly setting up an OR is one of the most important steps in running a case. A frequently used analogy is that anesthesia is a lot like flying a plane. As a pilot, wouldn't you want to check the plane before flying it? And as a passenger, you'd probably hope the pilot did the same. The same thing goes for anesthesia as well. Properly setting up the OR is vital for patient safety. And just as pilots go through checklists prior to takeoff, anesthesiologists need to do so as well. Lots of different acronyms are available to remember everything that needs to be set up and checked. Ultimately, you want to find one that works for you and that's appropriate to your site and your institutional constraints. Today, we're going to be using the acronym SOAP-IMS. We added an extra S at the end, and you'll find a little bit, little bit later about what this means. And to get things rolling, so our first letter, which was S, is for suction. Suction is important for maintaining airway patency. It does this by clearing any aspirating fluids and debris uh, at any point during uh, the general anesthesia. And I think it's really important to emphasize that suction is life-saving. For example, if a patient aspirates during induction, suction can help clear fluids and ultimately will save the patient's life. So during the OR check, you want to make sure that uh, the suction system is present and working. The next letter is O, which stands for oxygen. 
you want to check that you have a face mask and a functional ventilation bag to ventilate your patient. Remember the bones mnemonic from the last episode? If you haven't checked that one out, I'd recommend going back an episode and seeing what that's all about. But this is where it all comes together. During this step, you also want to check the circuit tubing, which simply connects the anesthesia machine to the patient for any leaks. You also want to make sure that there's a backup oxygen tank available just in case. And that brings us to the next letter, which is A, which stands for... Airwave? Like, like you mean the podcast? <laughs> well, I don't think our podcast isn't quite there yet to be included in mnemonics, but A does in fact stand for airway. We will have future episodes that cover airway management a little bit more in-depthly, but in terms of OR setup, it is important to know a few things. So before we dive in, first things first, you want to make sure you have a plan regarding airway management um, and even backup plans before setting up an OR, so you know exactly what equipment you'll need. For general anesthesia, you'll need to set up a laryngoscope, which is basically a device used to visualize the larynx and helps with intubation. And it's composed of a handle and a blade, which is appropriately sized for your patient. For example, a Mac 3. You want to check that the light at the end of the handle is also working. You also need to set up an appropriately sized endotracheal tube, also known as an ETT. And that's a device that will be inserted into the patient's trachea. ETTs come in different sizes. And often, for adult females, we will use a size 7.0 cuffed. And for males, an 8.0 cuffed. During the OR setup, you should also check to make sure that there is tape available to secure the ETT and attach a 10cc syringe to the end of the ETT and test the cuff to ensure that there aren't any leaks. An appropriately sized oropharyngeal and or nasopharyngeal airway, which are used as adjuncts in mask ventilation to maintain airway patency, should also be set up. It's important to have backup equipment handy for difficult airways, and so this includes a video laryngoscope, a backup ETT, and supraglottic airways, to name a few. Supraglottic airways, or SGAs, are a group of airway devices that can be inserted into the pharynx. One of the most commonly used SGAs, and one of the most common ones that you'll come across in your clerkship, or even before clerkship, is called a laryngeal mask airway, or LMA. LMAs are especially useful in difficult airway management, and in some cases, they can even be used to administer anesthetic gases, However, they don't protect the airway as well as the ETT. And I understand this may seem a little bit overwhelming now, but I promise it'll make a lot more sense once we learn how to manage the airway. So stay tuned for the next two episodes. So our next letter is P, which is for pharmacy. Anesthesiology is one of the specialties actually where you get to decide what drugs you need, draw them up and deliver them yourself and get to see the effects. I think it's all very exciting. When setting up the OR, there are some drugs you want to draw up before the case and others that you can draw up during the case. Medication errors, especially in anesthesia, can have serious consequences, so additional measures are taken to avoid these errors. We have compiled four tips to help you avoid medication errors. Number one, give your full attention to drawing up medications and avoid multitasking. Two, label the syringe with the medication name and concentration before drawing it up. Many drugs are often diluted or come in multiple con concentrations, so this can really help you avoid dosing errors. In addition, uh, during the case, if someone who didn't drop the medications, such as another staff or resident, is the person administering it, having these labels will be really important. Finally, it's also commonplace to put the medication label at the volume that is to be drawn. Tip number three, 
Keep the empty medication vials on the cart so that if you suspect a drug error, you can review what was drawn up or double check the medication at least before discarding the vials in the bin. As a clerk, however, we would recommend keeping all medication vials and try not to take offense if your staff discards your drugs. Four, be sure to check the medication expiry dates as these can be easily missed. We will describe some more common medications used in general anesthesia during our next episode. Typically, drugs that are drawn up prior to the case include premedications for anxiolysis, so drugs like midazolam, for instance, as well as induction medications like propofol for sedation, as well as narcotics for analgesia, and neuromuscular blocking agents for paralysis, drugs like rocuronium, for instance. Finally, vasoactive medications, also known as rescue drugs, such as ephedrine and phenylephrine, should also be drawn up when setting up the OR so that there isn't any delay in administering these drugs during emergency situations. And our next letter is I, which is for IVs. Every surgical procedure requires an IV. At some hospitals, patients can arrive to the OR with an IV already placed from pre-op assessment area clinics, but at some centers, you will need to place the IV when you assess the patient or when you see them in the OR. You also want to check the availability of and prepare IV solutions, such as normal saline or Ringer's lactate, and also set up the appropriate tubing to be able to start an infusion. From personal experience, we recommend preparing extra IV equipment such as alcohol swabs, needle, tape, and a tourniquet in case you miss placing the IV because you unfortunately will. Everyone does at the beginning, but nevertheless, you are prepared for it. The next letter is M, and that stands for machines and monitors. The anesthesia machine is really complex, and so for the purpose of this episode, let's just understand simply that the machine delivers air, oxygen, and anesthetic gases to the patient in a monitored and precise manner, and it also scavenges and recycles some of those unconsumed gases. During the OR check, you want to see if there are any leaks in the machine and ensure that it can supply positive pressure. This is accomplished by a machine check, which every machine should undergo at the start of every day. At some of our hospitals here in Hamilton, Ontario at McMaster University, The anesthesia assistants and respiratory therapists help to check the machines at the start of the day, but the anesthesia team will typically check them over the weekends when they're unavailable. In terms of monitors, every patient undergoing general anesthesia is required to have pulse oximetry, non-invasive blood pressure monitoring, so for example, a blood pressure cuff, a three or five lead ECG, an end-tidal CO2 gas analyzer, which is used as a measure of ventilation, as well as a twitch monitor. You should make sure all the equipment for each type of monitoring is available and working. And wow, we have finally made it to our last letter, which is S. We added this bonus letter to include two other important things, which is special equipment and a seat. Special equipment is kind of this catch-all term that includes any additional uh, equipment, blood products, or monitors that you may need depending on the case and the needs of the patient. For example, some sicker patients may require invasive blood pressure monitoring via an arterial line, since accurate and real-time blood pressure monitoring is needed for high-risk procedures or patients. Finally, you'll want to find a seat for you and your staff, because seriously, trust us, you don't want to be standing the whole time. And that's it. Remember the acronym that we just went over, and you should be just fine. So remember, SOAP IMS, suction, oxygen, airway, pharmacy, IVs, machine and monitors, 
special equipment, and a seat. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode on setting up the OR for general anesthesia. As a recap, we discussed the basics of how to prepare an OR for general anesthesia using the SOAP IMS framework and went over the purpose and function of common anesthesia equipment. We'd like to give a huge shout out to our content editors, Dr. Sean Ja, Jordan Albaum, Dr. Nick Timmerman. Uh, and honestly, this podcast would not be helpful without the generous support of Dr. Daniel Cordovani, as well as the Department of Anesthesia at McMaster University. And if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram, where our handle is at Airwave Podcast. If you want more details um, about OR setup, definitely check out our website for show notes and resources. And be sure to join us on our next episode, where we will move into our next topic, which is induction. And until next time, keep working hard, stay healthy, stay safe, take some nice deep breaths, and count back from 10.